Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We're talking about the peace process. And we've been talking about some things that are, you say, well, you haven't talked about peace yet. Yeah, actually, I have. We've talked about things that are connected to peace. And so I, I entitled this one, uh, Go Gentle on Me, which reminds me of Adele's song, Go Easy on Me. And I was trying to think of songs that have gentle in them. There is a song that has gentle in it. Who knows? Well, you guys were quick with that one. Okay. So who did it? What year? Who's quick? Who's Googling right now going? <laughs> 1968. 1968. Gentle on my mind. Glenn used to sing that one. Glenn also used to sing about Galveston. I think it's the only song ever came out about Galveston. I still see your tar, tar balls crashing. I, no, I, that was not in the song, but it needed to be. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. We appreciate it. We appreciate your goodness. We appreciate your word. We appreciate, Father, the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher. And tonight we just ask that you would enlighten us and help us, teach us, that we could, Father, live more in, in line with your word, your blessings, and what you have for us, and that we can be a blessing to those around us. Thank you. Our hearts are open. Our minds are open. We receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been doing, talking about the peace, and we've talked about things that are connected to peace. Uh, we've talked about the fact that standing fast in the Lord is connected to peace. And then we talked about one last week, rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul said, and again I say rejoice. And we, so we talked about rejoicing as an expression of gladness. Because we're, we're expressing gladness because good has happened to us in Christ and we're expecting something good, so we rejoice. We said, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always, so that's a consistent frequency. And then we talked about the challenges of rejoicing. Anybody practice this week and find that it can be challenging to just rejoice all the time? Any, anybody? Did any, anybody give me? Can I get one person that said, Alan, I actually practice it. Thank you. I see one in the back. Do I see another one? There we go. Thank you. All four of you that practiced it this week, it's uh, <laughs> the challenge that we found, the challenge in, in practice is one, is oftentimes we have a lower evaluation, a low valuation of what, of what God has done for us. And we talk about the new birth and people say, well, that's great because I go to heaven when I die. And that's yes, and that's wonderful, and that's, and that's huge. But there are things down here that he's changed us. And we're, anyone who's in Christ, he is a new creation. And so we're grateful for what God has done in us. How many of you can say, I am not the person that I used to be. I have changed. The Lord has changed my life, and it's been for the better. Well, that gives us a reason to rejoice. We appreciate that's been done. The other challenge in rejoicing is that a lot of times we just don't feel like it. And it's as simple as that. And, and, so, and so what we have to learn to do is push past our feelings. And you understand pushing past your feelings. If you've kept a job for more than a week, you understand pushing past your feelings. You ever wake up or, or you're, trying to, you're trying to go to school? How many of you, you know, if I have a bunch of students in here, how many of you students realize sometimes you go up and you don't, you don't want to go to class? 
And uh, then you realize, if I don't go to class, chances are I'm going to fail. And then you, you, you play that out, and so you learn to go. You learn to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. Sometimes going to work. I bet, some, I bet you, in, in a crowd this size, some of you woke up this morning and thought, I do not want to go to work today. I just do not feel like going to work. And you went anyway. And so you learn to go against your feelings. We have, to, we have to apply the same principles in our spiritual life as well. Because there are some times when you're just not going to feel like rejoicing. Like that's a lot of times. I've found that when, uh, when I'm driving home and I'm tired is the time I have to make myself rejoice. You say, well, you have to make yourself? Why didn't it just flow out of you? Because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> and I've had a day. And, and I find sometimes that when I get real, real quiet that I get into my thoughts and they're not good. Anyone ever have those? You drive home, you've been thinking about your day, you just get quieter and quieter and quieter. You come home, your wife says, how was it? You go, I'm good. Everything good? Yeah. Wonderful. And they're like, hmm. Try this one time. Just, just try it. When you're going home, just tell the Lord, Lord, I rejoice in you. I'm just glad I'm alive. I'm glad I'm breathing. I'm glad I can drive on my own. I am glad that my car is air conditioned. I'm glad my house is air conditioned. You you know, you can find reasons to rejoice. And here's what you're going to find. If you'll do that, if you'll do that, you're going to find some benefits. Let me give you some benefits of rejoicing. I'm still trying to sell this. And so it's a... It's a good deal. Here's some benefits of rejoicing. It is a spiritual mindset. There's life and peace there. It actually is a position of strength. Psalms 19, verse 5. Psalms 19, verse 5. The second part of what I want to focus on, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and here's that one, and rejoices like a strong man to run his race. If you're ever involved in athletics and you think that you think you have a chance of winning a race or you believe that you're going to win or you believe your team is going to win, there's a rejoicing there. If you think you're going to get killed, you don't rejoice. And uh, I used to run track, and there were, there were times, I, you know, early years, I had some good success running track, and uh, I, I got up and I hit high school and, uh, and got thumped a bit. I didn't like running. I would get to run, and I'm, I'm regretting running, and I, I don't want to run. But when I thought I could win, there was a rejoicing there. Strong people rejoice. And the stronger we get, the the more we begin to rejoice. And you'll see that. How many of you know those days that you get up and you're just happy and you're tackling problems and you're dealing with stuff? Usually it's the week before you go on vacation and you're dealing with stuff and you're tackling things and and you're rejoicing because why? Because you know in a week... You, man, you're blowing out of here and you're going to wherever you're going to go and it's going to be good. How many know you get more stuff done that week than you do the three weeks prior to it? It's a productive week, but part of it is strengthening you. And listen, if we're expecting, like we just sang, your goodness running after, running after me, if we're expecting the goodness of God in our life, then that gives us a reason to rejoice. True? If we're expecting that God is good to us, and that good things can happen to us, and that God has good things in store for us. Man, they can cause you to rejoice. It's a position of strength. Two more things that it does for you. It strengthens our faith. Strengthens our faith. You've prayed about something. You haven't seen it yet. Romans 4.20. 
This is talking about Abraham. He did not waver. He didn't separate himself from the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And so when you begin to rejoice and you're thanking God for things you have not seen yet, that's a strong place. That's a place of faith. It's easy to rejoice when it happens. It's even better to rejoice before it happens. So we're saying, Lord, I'm thanking you ahead of time. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a position of strength. And then it, uh, it not only strengthens our faith, but strong faith, the stronger our peace. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill you with all joy and peace as a function of what we believe. So that's the rejoicing in the Lord part. I want to spend the rest of it talking about something you're really going to enjoy. It's the next topic in the process of peace, and it is Philippians 4, 5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord's at hand. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Now, i got to define that for you. Gentleness is not weak. Gentleness means forbearance. It's a tolerance of delay, a tolerance in delay or incompetence. A tolerance when things are delayed or you're dealing with incompetence, you're tolerant. It's a delay in enforcing rights and privileges and claims. It's a graciousness. Gentleness is gracious. A, a quality of being kind and gentle. It's the opposite of harsh. Say, Alan, does this have anything to do with peace? Why don't you stay with me because I'm going I'm to tie it in together. It has a lot. And, and how we are and how we treat other people has a lot to do with our peace and has a lot to do with the peace. But remember, at peace, we're not talking about. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. But don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God's peace is a spiritual peace. And so it doesn't mean everything out here is, is in, in, in our world that we can see is peaceful, but it means that on the inside, there's a peace on the inside. Well, to have a peace on the inside, it matters how we treat other people. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is at hand. So let's talk just a little bit about the fact that peace is a godly trait. James 3.17 is talking about the wisdom that comes from above. He said the wisdom that is from above, this is godly wisdom is pure and peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. So he's talking, that's a real good checklist on what God's wisdom looks like. It's wisdom from above, pure, peaceable, it's gentle, it's gracious, it's, it has a forbearance to it. So there's that and the fact that godly wisdom means we're considerate toward people. Believers are instructed to live differently. Titus 3, this is out of the New Living Translation. Here's peace again, or gentle. Remind the believers, Paul was writing to the church, he said to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what's good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish, disobedient, we were misled and become slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. He's, he's, he's really contrasting. And he's saying there's, there's a difference here. He said there's a difference between how we're to act as believers. And so he's writing to the church. He said, look, he said, we're not to slander people. 
We're not, to, we're not to be the ones spreading unkind things about people. We're to live differently because we are different. And we're to remember those people. Listen, our, our enemies are not people who are without God. They're not our enemies. They're our targets. They're the ones we're going after. And we can't just, listen, we can't as a church just go, I am just so glad that I got saved from all those, those nasty people in the world and I come to church and I love church people but I hate everybody else. That doesn't work. That doesn't work because before you were a church person, you were not a church person. And somebody had to love you and someone had to be good to you. How many times? Oh my goodness. When I first came to, when I first came back to the Lord, I was a Wrangler jeans salesman. This was in this was 1982. 1982, I was about 22 years old. Um, I, uh, I worked out all the time. I ate real clean and healthy. I'm 22 years old. I had like zero body fat, right? And I had, uh, I, I wore, I could wear my Wrangler samples. They were a 29-inch waist, and I could wear them. Those days are gone. <laughs> they are gone. But, uh, I wore them, and they told me when I came to Texas, they said, they said, when you come down here, you, you got to get your jeans, you got to starch them, and you got to wear them tight. Well, the starching was a problem. Tight was not a problem for me. Starching was. I'd never starched jeans in my life. My, my cleaners in North Carolina made me sign a, a release form that, that they never had seen starched jeans ever in North Carolina. They said, are you sure you want, you want to starch them? I said, yeah, I need a crease right now. Uh, you start... I said, sign this release form because we want you to pay for these jeans after we starch them. So I showed up down here with starched jeans and I wore them tight. I could. So I did. Had my pointy-toed cowboy boots until some little lady pulled me aside in the Western Bear store. She said, darling, we got to get you out of those pointy-toed boots. You back a roach in the corner and kill it. He said, we need to... Uh, we need to get you in some real cowboy boots. I had real cowboy boots. And I, and I was, let me qualify this, I'm away from the Lord. Does that help anybody? Like, I can't believe he did that. Yeah, I was away from God. I'm 22 years old and single. And I'm going to the clubs. And uh, I heard a group at Lake, I heard a group one night, I overheard a group talking about a singles function. And I invited myself. It was, it was Lakewood Church. And I, I came to Lakewood, long story short, after meeting Joy, I came back to the Lord, and so I started going to Lakewood. I would drive. I was living in Clear Lake City. I would drive to Lakewood. They were at um, Wayside Drive. And I would drive up there, and I'd roll in in my tight jeans. And um, I just, you know, I just thought, hey, that's what I'd do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there was a guy in there, man, and he, he was, he, he brought me over and chewed me out one day about wearing my jeans too tight. I mean, he's just making it sound like I just blasphemed the Lord. I mean, he's just like, he's just like, you, you ought not to be wearing those tight jeans. You ought not. And he was just, he was dogging me pretty hard. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just back with the Lord, right? What do I know? I'm just like 22 and with a bullet. And so I come back, and I'll never forget Joe Valdez. Joe Valdez was a believer. He was actually a Golden Gloves boxer. 
And he stepped in the middle of that. And he looked at that guy. He said, leave him alone. He said, if he wants to wear his jeans tight, that's on him. He said, at least he can do it. <laughs> looked at this other guy like, and the implied thing, and you can't. And I remember, I remember how that ministered to me. Not someone slamming me, but someone coming to my aid. I'll never forget Joe Valdez. Joe Valdez helped me so much. It didn't take long, and a revelation hit me. I don't have to wear my jeans this tight. I breathed better. It was, it was more comfortable. It was, it was, it was great. But that wasn't the issue. The issue is not what people are doing that we can point at. The issue is, do they know the Lord? Let's help them grow. Let's help them develop. Let's help them grow up in the Lord. And you'll be surprised at all the stuff that the Lord will work with you on on your own. Because I'm sure none of us came in perfect. Right? None of us came in perfect. And, and, and so Paul is writing. He said, listen, we were all one time misled, deceived. We served all these different lusts and pleasures. He said we were evil and hateful and hated one another. But then he says, but then when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, not by works of righteousness, we, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much that this is the way I used to be, but then God changed my life. And our words have to be gentle. You say, well, what's that got to do with peace? It's got a lot to do with peace. Because the number one commandment that Jesus gave us is that we walk in love. That was his commandment. Is that we've learned how to walk. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I just love you. I just love you. I just hug you and love you. I'm not talking, I'm talking about a love that is a choice and a commitment on how to treat people. It's the number one thing. Now, here's, here's the deal. Here's where I'm going to tie this into peace. Guys, I'm going to jump down to 1 John 3. John is writing to the church, this NIV. He says, Dear children, let us not love with words and speech, but with actions and truth. And this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, Check this. We have confidence before God and we receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Now, did you catch that? It says if we, he said, don't, don't love in just in talking about it. He said, do it. It's an action. He said, but as a, if we do it as an action, here's the thing. He said, it, it will make our hearts, it, it'll make our hearts confident before God. New NIV says, at rest before God. How many of you know, you don't have to have a show of hands. You know when you missed it. And oftentimes, when you missed it, you're thinking, oh, man, I missed it, dear Lord. And, and you, it's almost like you want to go hide from God. You don't want to ask anything. You don't want to pray about anything because you don't have confidence because your heart's condemning you. But how many you know when you're clear and your heart's not condemning you, then you have confidence. You know, Joy, Joy has laughed with me over the years because I've, I've, I've taught a lot. And she, she and I would have marital discussions 
And she asked, she told me one time, she said, I think you like to fight. She said, I just think you like to argue. And I really did look at all kinds of arguments as a win scenario. I, I needed to win. I realize I'm the only one, so indulge me just for a moment. <laughs> all these innocent looks like. And we argued a lot. But because I taught classes, she said, I know Alan will get right on Saturday night before he has to go preach, teach a class on Sunday. She said, Alan will get right. She said, watch. Sure enough, Saturday night, I'm trying to get a message for Sunday. And I have to come up here and go, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Why, why am I doing that? Because my heart's condemning me. And I know I need to get it right. Because i got to stand up in front of people and preach. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. If you, if you had to preach, you'd be doing the exact same thing. Because you're just like, you got to stand up in front of a bunch of people. You, you, you don't need to feel like you're at odds with God. When we're dealing with the stuff that we have to deal with in life, we need to have peace with God if we're going to have the peace of God. Does that make sense? And so, man, if your heart's condemning you, listen, don't run from God. Run to Him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I love 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So once we've, now once we've gone and confessed it and, and received His forgiveness, and stop condemning yourself and receive his forgiveness and go on down the road. But we, we need to come to a place where we have a confidence with God. When I, when I used to date uh, many moons ago, right after they invented the telephone, uh, I, would, um, I would call. This was, when, this was when we had to call a girl on the phone. Couldn't text. You young people listen to me. This is crazy. We could not text them. And we couldn't Snapchat. There was no Snapchat. We had to either call or do it in person, which was even worse. But if we would call, and usually you'd got the father, hello? I'm like, hello? <laughs> I mean, hello? I speak with so-and-so. Who is this? <laughs> uh, it's Alan? <laughs> Oh, that was just, that was gut-wrenching. And then they would come on the phone, and then you had to ask them. Now, here's the deal. If you did not do pre-approach, if it was a cold call, a cold call is if you did not know what the answer was going to be. But if you were smart, you'd already talked to three of her friends and found out that she likes you and thinks you're cute. Okay, that's all I need. All I need is a green light, Right? I've got someone who's not a cold call. This is a warm approach. This is someone who wants to hear from me. It's a whole different story when they want to hear from me. Hey, baby, what's up? <laughs> they want to hear from me. You, know, you can't do this by text. There's a lot of young people over here. You can't do this by text. But girls, I'd fire you. I'd make them call me. I would. 
I'm just saying, I told, I told my daughter, I, just, I said, hey, they, they don't have the guts to, to contact you in person. You need a man. <laughs> don't, don't send me an email. I realize that. I, 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 I'm a dinosaur in this area, okay? All right. I, I just geezed on you really bad. But here, here's the deal. You know when someone wants to hear from you, it's a different level of confidence. If it's a cold call, you're like, oh, do you, do you, do you, are you to go out with me? That's a whole different story. But when you know that you have a confidence before God, then when you, when you come, then you're not like, I don't know if God wants to hear from me or not. No, then the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If our heart's not condemning us, we got confidence. We can go before the Lord. I, I can't tell you how many times my kids would get sick or something would happen, and I realized, man, I, I, I don't have confidence. I need to get things straight because now I'm going to ask the Lord for something. Say, so what's this got to do with peace? Well, the next verse said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. But if we're walking, if, if we're being good, listen, if we're being good to his people, if we're walking in love toward people, our heart's not going to condemn us. You can't treat people wrong and expect to have peace with God. If I was up here talking to you and we were talking, you're like, Alan, I really, I, I need your help. I, I need to talk to you about this. This is pretty serious. And, and my little granddaughters, Kylie and Gracie, came up. And Kylie and Gracie came up and they always come when I, when I can't see them and give me a hug, like, around my leg, like, you know, usually it's like, oh, there they are. Oh, hey, girl. And if you reached down and said, get out of here, girls, I'm talking to the pastor. <laughs> how's, how's that going to make me towards you? You just treated my grandkids harshly? That's not right. We have to forget that the people we're dealing with, often, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, they're still God's family. And we can't say, I, I forget you, but Lord, I love you. <laughs> you better get out of my face. I'm going to tell you what, you mess with me again, I'm going to take you. But Lord, I love you. <laughs> your heart will condemn you. And it has a lot to do with your peace. You say, well, Alan, I, I, that means I, I just have to feel love for everybody? No, it means I choose to walk in love. I'm not going to slander you. I'm not going to be unkind to you. I'm going to be gracious to you. I'm going to overlook some of the things you do. It doesn't mean we're going to be BFFs. It doesn't mean we're going to be best friends. It doesn't mean we're going to be hanging out. But I'm at least going to treat you right. Does that make sense? Church this size, you're not going to have everybody be your best friend, but we ought to be able to treat each other with respect and with love and with forbearance. <coughs> and then what happens is if my relationships here are good, it makes this relationship good. And if this is good, I can walk through hell because I know he's for me. I know he's on my side. I know he and I are walking together. Mm -mm. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. One of the keys of David, if you read David's Psalms, you're talking about a man, the Bible said a man who had a heart after God. And when his heart was right with God, he was fearless. When our heart is right and we're treating people right, 
man, that gives us a fearlessness to deal with life. We think treating people right is just, eh, it's a nice Christian thing to do. It's the safest, most powerful thing you can do. And it takes strength to treat people well. Did you hear that? It's not weak to treat people well. It takes strength when they do something. It takes strength when everyone is screaming at the ticket agent now at the airport. And you step up and just go, I know you're busy. And I know this is crazy. There's any way you can help me here. Well, don't they need some kindness? Don't they need some help? How about the people we deal with in life? They could use a little dose of Jesus. In fact, they could use a big dose of Jesus. And they won't just necessarily get it in church. They get it from you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the capacity that we have to believe in Jesus and to walk in love and to treat one another with respect and dignity and graciousness and gentleness. Thank you for that. And thank you for the peace that comes when we have confidence with you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You came this evening and said, you know what? I don't even, I don't even know where I stand with God. I don't know that I have a relationship with God, but I want to know that. Or maybe you're one of the ones, and I was there at one time. I knew I was away from God. I had walked away from him, but I didn't want to live there. I wanted to come back. We're going to say a prayer. If either one of those two situations applies to you, this prayer is for you. We're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to have you come to the front. If you're watching online, this prayer is still for you. So as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if either one of those situations apply to you and you say, Alan, I would like your prayers, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just across this auditorium and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. You put your hands down. You didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. You can still join us on this prayer. We're going to just pray it out loud. Whole church family is going to join you. If you're watching online, you're by yourself, pray it out loud so you can hear it. If you're with others, pray it quietly, but say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Heads are still bowed, eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who have, who have stepped out of spiritual darkness into your light, and for those who have come home. And Lord, we rejoice with them. Father, help us. Help us be a light and a testimony to the people around us. Help us be gentle and be a blessing. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.